Today on another riveting episode of the 35th and Jackson podcast. Oh, Tanner Mangum likes ladybugs and his family likes him. Oh my gosh, they're just a team of destiny. They started out 0-2. They started out 0-2 in a 70-game season. How did they get here? Wow, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, well, that ended by about the fourth inning. The other I award will be is... buying a Trey Lance jersey before September 3rd. Mark that down. That is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm calling the I, shot right now. You heard it here first, 35th and J podcast. I am a prophet. Andy, I don't think my grade is off at all because a C minus is still passing. Okay, so it's still passing in this realm, but they haven't shown me anything that give, that makes me think they're uh, an outstanding grade giving them a B. So you need to cool your jets and live in reality. Take your orange-colored glasses off. Overall, I actually think this group's a little deeper has a little more potential than i thought going in because i was i would probably paint this as as one of the concerns for me on the team going in God, moku so watson many. yeah i thought moku uh was like a was a plate at local boys but i guess i was wrong <laughs> back again with another edition of the 35th and jackson podcast coming at you live from our various residences uh, Ethan Eugene Brat is in a frat house. I am in an apartment. Connor is MIA. We have no idea where he is. He's 10 minutes late. Can't get a hold of him. So we're just going to go on without him, and then he's just going to randomly pop up in here and probably start slinging profanities. So producer Ryan, please be on the lookout for that. Uh, but we just got to get going. So it's great to be back. Hope you are all well out there our handful of five or six of you. Uh, we are here to bring you the worst podcast in sports yet again. Big show for you this week. We're going to continue our position group breakdown, looking at our 2020 defensive backs for your Oregon State Beavers. We're going to talk about little news and nuggets out there. And then, of course, we're going to go ahead and do The Floor is Yours, where we talk about one topic of our choice little round table doesn't have to be related to sports but it is sure a good time so there it is laying it out for you ethan's gonna be an all-star today can't wait to see what he has to say but before we say any more we need to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by ascend jd Getting fit can be an uphill battle, so why not ditch your boring COVID-covered gym and try climbing a real mountain? Ascend JD will help you shed your beer gut one agonizing vertical mile at a time. JD and his team of experienced climbers have stood atop every mountain in the glorious Cascade Range and have the patience to work with lazy losers of all ages and abilities. Ascend JD, find your peak fitness. Sign up today and get a free voucher for this summer's North Sister Climb. Thank you, Jonathan Dallas and the team at Ascend JD. We are always happy to have you guys on board. So here we are. It's me, it's Brat, and no con. Uh, Ryan, the producer, is somewhere out there in the ether. Uh, but Brat, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Beautiful. Love it. Thank you so much for your for being punctual and for caring about this. I know you're a busy man as you continue to work to find the cure. Would you like to uh, give us a quick briefing on the coronavirus? Do you have an update for us this week? Um, I did see you tweeted out a link about a 17-year-old who's tracking it very closely, and I enjoyed that. 
Yeah, go find me on Twitter at the brat because this 17-year-old turned down millions of dollars to put ads on his site that as he tracks it. It's pretty uh, fascinating. He's a really smart kid, obviously, and works hard at it. So buy him a cup of coffee, though. There's a link to do that. <laughs> um, total cases in Oregon are approaching 4,000. I think they, who, the World Health Organization came out and said, we have kind of seen the end of wave one, the peak of wave one. They expect another future wave uh, coming in the fall. We'll see how that works up. Um, and we'll see in two weeks what occurs for COVID cases. I mean, I don't know if you saw the pictures over Memorial Day weekend of the Ozarks in Missouri, <laughs> the beach in Florida. Uh, I forget where else I saw some fun pictures of just crowded areas. Um, we'll see if the it leads to increases in case positive cases in those areas or not. Um, Oregon did pretty well. I didn't see much of that other than if you were doing an Ascend JD on Mount Hood, it was bad avalanche conditions and uh, not a great day to be climbing up there. Oh. Two people had to get rescued this weekend. Ooh. So just a little plug for Ascend JD. He will not get you into an avalanche situation. I promise you that. Oh, no, not a chance. He does, The guy does his research and he knows mm -hmm. how to react and respond to all situations. So you're in good hands with Ascend JD and uh, Jonathan dallas our dear dear friend thank you for the update ethan eugene brought md i appreciate that um one quick thing i just want to bounce off you we, we texted about, about this but uh so as you know brought and you can tell me if i'm wrong on this but what us were or we are at least as of yesterday approaching we're probably at about a hundred thousand confirmed deaths is that correct yeah, we're right near it. I don't okay. know if we've passed it yet. Okay, which is sad. That is, that's awful, but um, that is the number. But the reason I bring that up, um, think about the size of our country and the population, okay? Uh, 100,000 deaths. China has told us, I, I don't know, I just thought of it yesterday. I just actually guess I stopped and looked at the number instead of kind of perusing through it but china is claiming that only 4600 people have died from the virus so what are your thoughts on that dr eugene <laughs> yeah i don't think they're uh, fully reporting it no um, not entirely surprised by that in any way but uh yeah 4600 <laughs> is uh that's two days in, in america of deaths that seems a little low and uh correct me if i'm wrong but i, I would i think their population is slightly larger than ours just a little bit <laughs> Okay, so just wanted to get that out there, just all things aside, that the U.S. has said there's 100,000 deaths, but somehow China has only seen 4,600 people pass away from that. I was telling Brat off the air, I think, or maybe it was my dad, I can't remember, but I think they might have misreported or switched the numbers on people who had been hit by like a bus or something, because that seems <laughs> a little more accurate in the, in the last two months. So uh, not to make light of it, but China is not always known for being truthful. So just leave it at that, uh, but an interesting number to say the least. Let's move on, get into the, the real meat of the episode here. We got a couple news items real quick. It wasn't a ton, just wanted to touch on a few things. I think everybody's kind of in the same boat amongst our group. We're just eagerly anticipating, yes, we want you know the NBA to maybe come back, Major League Baseball certainly looking at the different sporting things that, that might come back to our universe um, in a timely manner. But the big one we're looking at is looking ahead till fall and football season. 
um, what college football, what the NFL is doing. They, overall, they do seem to remain somewhat positive, at least the, the higher-ups within both the NFL and um, college football. We'll see. One thing that came out, I think there was an article that I read on, the, I believe, the Oregonian this week, uh, talking about Larry Scott just made some comments um, that he feels confident games will be played. Uh, and he stated that student athletes may be safer on campus, actually, with their, you know, the the restrictions they're imposing and then having their medical team on staff. But so there's a lot of debate about that. But just, again, hearing somebody, you could say what you want about Larry Scott. I don't want to get into that. He's terrible. But um, just him feeling confident in the Pac-12 playing games, uh, that's some light at the end of the tunnel. We'll see. There's a lot to be done. And then also... Governor Brown, Kate Brown, did uh, speak a little bit out the other side of her mouth. Uh, two weeks ago, we uh, were commenting on her um, saying that, you know, to, kind of laughing off the idea of sports and not being important and just saying, you know, nothing's going to happen or should be severely altered events through September or fall. Um, but she did come back out and say she would make sure that both Oregon and Oregon State would not be at a competitive disadvantage for fall, fall sports. Excuse me. Um, so that's a little bit of a different uh, way to go than what she was saying last time. She took a little different approach there. Uh, so, Brock, do you have any comments on those? Uh, I'm just going to say I bet you F. King Alexander had something to do with that one, letting her know the economics of college football is very important to the state um, and we are needed for both the cities of Corvallis and Eugene for college football, but also for the entire state. Um, and it's amazing in a time of anxiety, such as this, how sports brings the nations together. Um, I'm not going to compare it to nine 11 and obviously the world series, but in that sense that sports brings people together, the most watched sport and the most watched cable golf there ever was, was just this weekend with the match. Um, with Tiger, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. We're, we're clamoring for uh, unity with it, and I think sports could be one of those items. And I don't th see this pandemic um, taking us uh, in the fall being that much better in some senses, that we're still going to need sports. So uh, in the state of Oregon, what do we have sports-related other than the Blazers? College football. We need it. Yeah, it would go a long way, I think, for people, again, just having some semblance of normalcy and, uh, you know, a distraction. I mean, let's call it what it is. That's what sports provides, and it's more of a unifying thing where so many things in our current landscape are not that way um, and more divisive than anything. Um, I mean, for example, we've seen a virus turn into... Uh, political battle uh, just as everything has but it seems like the one thing that still has some purity to it are sports so love to have them back love to see that um but we'll just keep a pulse on it see what happens there have been i would what i would consider some positive remarks and things said in the media from the important people who make these decisions um so that's good but again we're still a long ways out be really interesting to see because they're going to have to come to a, a decision here soon uh, just for scheduling, logistics, all that stuff for these fall sports. So I think you're going to see a lot of information come out over the next two weeks, and we'll certainly be keeping an eye on that. And we'll probably have a pretty good idea of how things are going to look by the time we're at the end of June or, or early July. We should have a good idea of 
what everything will look like fall sports wise. So uh, keep an eye on that. We certainly will on our end. Let's go ahead and jump into our position group breakdown as we've been doing for the past couple months, really this whole time during quarantine. Uh, today we're going to take a look at our defensive backs. So, you know, safeties, corners, nickels, big nickels, little nickels, whatever anyone wants to call defensive backs these days. We're going to take a look at all of them um, and just do a brief breakdown, give you guys a grade as we so often do. Uh, just to give you a rundown, everybody out there going over the roster, here's what I had on the roster as of yesterday when I looked this up. You got Jaden Grant, Jaden Robinson, Alton Julian, Caleb Hayes, Akili Arnold, Jonathan Riley, Marcus Harris, Nishan Wright, Winston Russell, Isaiah Dunn, David Morris, Moku Watson, Jojo Forrest, Kitten Aldapo, Keaton Aldapo, Cam Stoudemire, Mason Moran, and Rajon Wright. And ladies and gentlemen, I think I just heard Connor Taggart even. Mighty so Mouse Jr. That... Mighty Mouse Jr. That's all I heard there. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Um, so that is the defensive back field as it looks on the roster. Those are all of our candidates to see snaps this year. Um, Brock, since you got here first and we're on time, I'll let you go ahead and have the first crack at this group. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, before this, Andy and I are talking, I think there's four guys that kind of stand out as guys that have their positions there. Jaden Grant playing the nickel. Um, uh, David Morris at safety, if he can, you know, get his glass foot to heal up and be uh, well for the rest Bubble of the it. time. Bubble wrap it. And then uh, Wright and Dunn would have the corner spots, I think, uh, right now. Those are like the four guys that have at least proven um, as power five players. And then after that, we have a bunch of people that I just put on the same level, unproven positive comments have come out from the coaching staff on them or they've seen um, okay in limited action or we're just putting some hope in future Juco guys. Uh, Rajon Wright being the other corner coming in, uh, cousin of – uh, Julian and brother of Nishan might be one of those guys. Uh, Julian being a safety guy we're looking at. Um, we had some redshirt freshmen and sophomores. Uh, Arnold played some last year. He ended up redshirting, if I remember correctly. Jojo Force didn't redshirt, played a fair amount, had some ups and downs for him. Moku Watson straight disappeared in 2019. I believe it was injury-related. Had already redshirted, but he didn't. Uh, who else am I missing there? Oh, Alex Austin played some last year as well. So it's a bunch of guys that are unknowns, and that's okay. Um, we're just relying on – we have a lot of depth, but we're having to have guys that step up, and the, the coaching staff's going to have to identify them in spring. Well, spring's over. They're going to have to identify them in the fall um, on who's going to be the guys that are taking those spot. And I told Andy before this, I think uh, our big wild card here, surprisingly, and may we may forget about him, Mason Moran coming over from being QB <laughs> was he was recruited as a as a defensive back by some schools as a safety. Um, I don't think he played quarterback at Chandler until his senior year, maybe junior. What was it, Andy? Do you remember? I think it was his senior year. He was yeah. a backup. Yeah, he was yeah. a starting safety all on state. That team, and Gary Anderson recruited him as a quarterback. And that and that Chandler team has been argued to be one of the better ones of all time. Gary right Anderson there. also recruited um, Collins so. as a quarterback and Nick Mitchell. And, you know, I don't think any of these people are playing QB anymore. But anyways, yeah. <clears throat> Great identifier of talent. So, wild card, wild card of safety there. Uh, my man, Mason Moran. We'll see what happens there. 
Uh, I would love to have two former QBs be lining up on defense for us. That'd be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Con? Yeah. Um, I, I, again, kudos to the coaching staff for realizing there's a need here and really trying to plug and play with these JUCOs. Uh, we have Alton Julian, Jonathan Riley, Ronald Hodge, uh, Rajon Wright, and I think – so it's four. I think there was one more. I want to say there's one more, but regardless, that's four JUCOs right there that are – the the odds are you're going to hit maybe on 50% if you're lucky. I mean, Oregon State has had a lot more success with JUCO players in the secondary, I will say, than most other schools. So if you even if you hit on one of those guys, that's a huge uh, upgrade. Um, and if you hit on two, geez, I mean, those are two guys that can really make an impact at this position that I don't even necessarily know if it was weak last year. I just think is inexperienced. I mean, you didn't have guys like Tyreek Zimmerman running out there, Ryan Murphy that, you know, just try and run into guys to tackle them. Um, you had guys trying to fight. Jojo Forrest, I really appreciated his fight. He's only at 5'10". He was a little undersized, too. But he tried to fight, and he was legitimately pissed when he when he didn't make a play. It's the mentality that's a lot different um, in this group, and I think that comes from Blue Adams. It comes from Tim Tibisar on the defensive back because, you know, these guys are going to be put one-on-one. That's how the defense kind of works. So I love the mentality. I also love the length that we have in the Sean Wright. Alex Austin, I think he's 6'1", and some of these Juco guys are a little bit taller. Um, getting away from that 5'9", five, 5'8", five, corner that it, it's just Colby Parkinson's going to eat him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So getting away from that, I like it. Um, and the guys that we lost, I mean, you look at uh, Jalen Moore, didn't really have a great senior season, unfortunately, because I really liked him as a team guy. Um, who was who the guy who quit midseason, who I, I liked in the beginning but couldn't stand later? Who was that? Omar Hicks Onu, that's who it was. Um, and then there was another guy who quit midseason, and it's just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, it's it's losses, but nothing that I'm not saying he's starting. And I and I do want to say props, huge props to Jaden Grant. I think he's going to be a good leader on our defense. Started off the season, and I was like, get off the field. It's an embarrassment. O- o- Oklahoma State ate him. Uh, Hawaii ate him then he steadily improved throughout the season. And I think that's the thing. All these guys showed great improvement. I love it. And Jaden Grant capped it with that pick six against Washington, really had some stand-up games. So it's an improving group, and I see it right now. My grade is probably a C um, for them, kind of at maybe even a C minus, so barely passing. Um, But the potential to to get up to a B, a B plus, huge in this. And really – you saw the difference when David Morris played last year. I think it was the Cal game where he really played full time. You saw the difference of him being on the field. Um, if you can have one guy that's just locking it down, it takes the pressure off of um, these other guys. And and Isaiah Dunn, if he can stay healthy, he's a solid corner there. Love it. Thank you for the analysis. Uh, I got a couple follow-ups Um based on the information that you gave us there. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, yes, I, I do. I agree with you, Connor. We are a DB factory from the, from the JUCO ranks. I like what we do with our, our junior college guys. They don't always work out for us. Um, 
especially on the defensive line, it seems like. But <laughs> defensive back feels like it's been yeah, awesome. And I just first right off the top, I go Dakud and Nelson. I mean those I mean those A plus job getting those guys from JUCO. So in recent memory, for sure. And I, I'm hoping that continues with some of the guys we've added and we certainly saw flashes last year with uh, Nishan Wright and what he can do. Overall, I actually think this group's a little deeper, has a little more potential than I thought going in because I was, I would probably paint this as, as one of the concerns for me on the team going in. But I, just looking through the roster and kind of jogging my memory, I think they've got some really good pieces. A lot of guys are going to have to step up and prove it, but they do have some good pieces. And, of course, injuries, as we say with every position, always a factor. But I just go down the list of guys that I have done this exercise with all my position groups, but guys that I would put a star next to their name because they have a potential to be an impact player or somebody that I kind of can trust or or not even that, just I, I think I like what I see and the potential there is is great so i just say yeah Jaden grant um certainly nishan wright isaiah dunn um and then david morris those are kind of my top four guys just in the secondary period and i think if they can stay healthy they can contribute a lot then you have a whole wealth of guys that are younger have had some snaps some that haven't at the d1 level um but kind of some secondary people that i would would mention uh, you know Achille arnold Alton Julian, the JC guy, again, as Brock mentioned. Rajon Wright, the brother of Michonne and cousin of Julian. So there's a lot of pieces in there that I'm excited about. And, yeah, brought like you said, Mason Moran, you don't know what could happen there. He was a really good safety in high school, and that's what he was recruited at by every other school who had a competent staff. <laughs> um, so he might work out there. Uh, so all that to say, I, I do like the group a little bit more than I thought. I'm going to say I won't be as harsh as Connor on my grade. I'll say a, a B minus right now going in, but I, I could see them exceeding that um, if they are healthy, and especially if David Morris plays. Having that one mainstay, like you said, Connor, is, makes a big difference, and especially a guy of his caliber. And then one other thing I'll just mention is, Connor, you were really driving home the putt part about you like the fight you yeah see i was these gonna guys say the fight the, the fight, boxer the fight. There's, only there's only one, one guy boxer. there's only one guy yeah that fights on this team that literally fights and you didn't mention him so uh give us your yeah, thoughts on I, that i actually that crossed my mind that i was actually gonna add that andy and the boxer himself and this is actually underrated because caleb hayes was a full-time starter his freshman year his redshirt freshman year played yeah. every single game and actually showed a lot of promise. And then I don't know if he was just too much in the into the fight club and underground stuff, you know, there. Um, but really <laughs> fell off his sophomore year and punctuated against Hawaii with the skills he had learned um, over the summer. <laughs> and then he's been in the doghouse ever since. But it is telling to me that he's still on the team. Um, I'm actually surprised by that. You see a guy that, literally is an embarrassment to himself and you know he didn't quite pull the Legarrette Blunt type status uh but it was kind of in that realm and the fact that he's still on the team I mean it's not a surprise that Legarrette Blunt was because Chip Kelly's a crook so and of course brings him out against the Civil War King not irony there at all uh but the fact that Caleb Hayes is still on the team I think there's something to be said about that not just with the coaching stuff but with him personally I think he could make an impact. I mean, he actually played 
there was, I want to say he played five other snaps that last year on special teams towards the end of the year. Um, and he actually made, he had a kick catch interference and I about lost it on him. Um, I was just like, why is a boxer on the gunner on a, on a punt? Because he's just going to try and hit the guy no matter what you get my, catch my drift there. But anyways, <laughs> um, I actually think he has some potential because he's got a good body. He's actually one of the fastest guys on the team. He proved that at the, the little comb, the fake combine that the team had. I think he was a four, three something guy in there so any any showed well in the athleticism part of it i guess is what you call it the jumping spark thingy so anyways that's a name to really watch and i and i'm saying it in all seriousness even though we've been joking about it i'm in all seriousness watch out for that just because he has a lot of experience and the difference this year and we've talked about it the depth but what i like is when a guy goes down via injury you're not just throwing a no-name freshman out there Last year, we had to play true freshman guys that I would say corner is probably one of the toughest positions to transition from, from high school to college because of the pure speed that guys have and the physicality at the receiver position. Um, you're go Especially in the Pac-12, you're going up against air raid offenses that have tons and tons of receivers. And so to transition from high school to college is very hard um, in that position. So this year, you're going to see, okay, if a guy goes down, we're not just throwing out an 18-year-old freshman who literally is the size of Brat um, trying to play corner. So <laughs> it's going to be a lot different and tons of potential. And, Andy, I don't think my grade is off at all because a C-minus is still passing. Okay, so it's still passing in this realm, but they haven't shown me anything that, give, that makes me think they're uh, an outstanding grade giving them a B. So – you need to cool your jets and live in reality. Take your orange colored glasses off. I said B yeah, minus that's an, first that's of all. A B and is considered an outstanding grade. And and A B minus is an outstanding grade. Well you need to you need to raise excellent. So look back you at need it. to raise your expectations. <laughs> Don't Con uh, live in reality. I got one quick, one quick question off. for Con what? here. Uh, so you said he had a good body, like spark score. Would you say he's Bouncy. Gonna... <laughs> would you call his body bouncy? Yeah, I would say he's bouncy. He has a live body for sure. Very mm, live. Thank you. <laughs> Does he have? Is he, a yeah, he probably? That's a good one. That's a good. One. That's fun, bro. Okay, that's that's fun. Um, yeah, no, I I, I stand by my B minus. Yeah, maybe um, people think it's a little, little, little too much, but I, I look at the talent on the roster or the perspective talent and i'd say yeah that, that i think they can get it done again it all comes down to health if david morse gets hurt first week of training camp and is going to be out all season then yeah i'll probably look at more of a c plus but i think c maybe but he makes that big of a difference and if he's out there and these other guys come along i could see him going above a b minus to a b b plus a a plus plus who knows i don't know the sky's the limit with these guys so we will see what happens. Andy, Con FYI, man. I know you're probably not grading on this, but Sharud Thompson is not on the team. So oh. I know you probably assigned oh. a B-minus grade based on Sharud Thompson. My bad. So, well, him and yes. Christian Wall. So I, I just wanted to make sure you knew that. it's They're not on the team. Wait, I was looking at Sherrod Sh Thompson, Christian Wallace, and then Craig Evans were my three guys to watch on defense yeah. this year. So maybe you need to <laughs> look back and adjust all your grades. 
I am sorry about that. I completely misread the roster. I was going back a few years. That's my fault. All right, now we get to jump into the most fun part of this entire production, in my opinion. And we're going to do a little Floor is Yours, where we each get a minute to commentate on a topic of our choice. Who would like to lead it off today? I'll take it. No problem there. Uh, floor is Yours, mine. It came out, Damian Lillard stating he would not play if they restarted the Blazers' season's season and we did not have a true opportunity for the playoffs i can't blame him it's the right move honestly i don't even know if i want them to restart the year i mean what's the purpose they're saying now training camp in july play in august or whatever the season starts what a a day before halloween now it starts so early so you're going to give these guys another month six weeks off before you start a new season are they going to push the next season back and why would you come out why would you risk injuring yourself and play in a corona infested area if you don't have to if you're not going to make the playoffs who cares i think it's a wise move i hope nurkic doesn't play i hope collins doesn't play i if we don't have a chance at the playoffs heck roll out the the d league bring back the idaho stampede and put the blazers uniform on them and get, get them playing i don't i don't care this season's a wash it's over uh i don't i don't know what's your opinion on that but that's my opinion do not play if we have no chance at a playoffs. Maybe don't even play in general. Yeah, I'm with you there. I I agree. I don't. I would. I would like to see it come back, but if they had a legitimate opportunity, it's not going to be just the stu. I saw this thing on ESPN like, oh, we're just going to seed it one through sixteen teams in the NBA, not East or West or anything. Well, the Blazers aren't in that picture. You know why? Because they were ravaged by injuries. I'm so sick of people. Well, if you deserve to be in it, you would have proved it at this point. No, our entire team was hurt, okay? This team would have been easily one of the top four teams in the West, fully healthy. If you want to argue that, then step outside. I'm ready for you. But honestly, I, like, I'll say it again. Not, this is not a bold statement. I would love a 1-8 matchup with the Lakers and the Blazers. I think they would want no part of it. And we saw what happened at the procession at the funeral. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, That obviously made a statement. The Blazers were ready for them, and I think they match up well against them. And I think they're a good team, especially if they had Zach Collins and Nurkic back in the fold. And, hell, let's just throw Rodney Hood in there as well. So thank you very much. I appreciate you bringing that up, Brock. But, no, if they don't have a legitimate shot, no, they shouldn't play. Con, what's your minute? That was your minute, so thanks. Um... (laughs) Nope. I was just – nope. That's not – I've still got things to say. You know, we've – We've talked about it kind of off air on this program, but I feel it's appropriate to bring this up because we will be referencing. Oh, oh boy, this. Simmons, ready? careful, careful, careful. No, careful, no, no, careful. Ryan. Hit we the dump will button. be hit the dump we will be referencing <laughs> this podcast uh, at one eleven p.m. five twenty seven of the year twenty twenty. We will be referencing this podcast around September tenth ish. Because North Dakota State comes to town to play the Oregon For those of you who don't know, North Dakota State is a powerhouse Division I AA school. Their quarterback, look him up, Trey Lance. I'll just read his stats here for a sec. 14 rushing touchdowns last year. 169 attempts, 1,100 yards rushing. Passing, 
287 attempts, zero interceptions. Yeah, you heard that right. Zero interceptions, 2,786 yards, 28 touchdowns. So that, that roughly accumulates to 42 touchdowns and zero interceptions last year. So let that sink in your head, fans who are already fearing Ohio State. You better watch out. The other thing I'd like to point out is this is part of our fraud segment that we're going to introduce each week. Mario Cristobal is a fraud, for those of you who don't know. Okay, His offense is a complete fraud. Okay, And with a new OC... You can't convince me one bit that they're not going to be a fraudulent offense their first game of the season. Oh, yeah, and by the way, you don't have your number six overall draft pick quarterback. You have Tyler Shuck. What, what the heck? Shuck? Shuck? What, what the heck? Okay. Shoe? Shoe? I'm sorry. You no. will see, and I'm saying it right now, North Dakota State by at least seven. Okay? At least. If not two touchdowns, Con. if not two touchdowns, North Dakota State by at least seven. Because the other thing that fans don't realize, there's no way in that fans will be in that stadium for that first game. I don't think there's any way in hell. It's going played. to be played. It's going to be played. That's my concern. My, over my dead body, it will be played. <laughs> I will make sure it's played, Andy. Because I'm with you on every step of this. And, I am and watch step with you, which is terrifying to say. start 0-2 but... on their season in 2020. Mark it down. Their program is about to collapse. I am hoping <laughs> that Mario is extended. They need to extend him now. Okay? I called for this at the end of last season. Extend Mario for life. I stand by it a thousand percent. I've, I've only gotten stronger. Okay? There has not been any doubt in my mind. Extend Mario for life, please. And I got a text from, you know, we all know he's not really a friend of the program, okay? But he's, but he's an acquaintance <laughs> of the program. I got a text saying, oh, I'm so worried about Ohio State. And I responded, NDSU, question mark. The guy didn't even know what I was referring to. That only that not only shows the the mindset of these feudal fans, but the mindset of the team. You cannot tell me that they're gonna get up for this game, especially with their fraudulent coach. Okay, that is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm calling the I, shot right now. You heard it here first, 35th and J podcast. I am a prophet. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. okay. All right. All right. Thank you, David Koresh. Appreciate that. Uh, I Like I said, I'm with you. There's I'm already, with you 100%. There are already mock drafts thinking that Trey Lance is going to go number five overall next year. What he's, if they don't play the game? When was the last time you saw a sophomore QB what from a D2 the game school? is played? Coming out early. It's not, they're not D2. Division one double A. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ever, We're not. They're not playing Western anybody. Oregon. Has that ever happened in Division One AA history that a that a player comes out after their redshirt sophomore year? Has that ever happened? No. I'm just going to answer it for you. No. Okay. <laughs> hey, I think you've gone as many as well because this is a prophecy and everybody needs to know it. <laughs> this is a prophecy. All right. 0 and 2 start. There. 0 and 2 start. 
We'll if, see who's laughing. What we'll if see the who's game laughing after played. September 10th. What if it the game be. isn't played? I just told you it will be. I Believe don't me. know, though. I'm Believe very worried. <laughs> Gosh. Trey Lance for Heisman. Okay, fine. I will okay. mark this down, He can't win the Heisman. It's called something else. He's I not even will be buying. I will be buying. It's whatever the other I award is. I will be buying a Trey Lance jersey before September 3rd. Mark that down. Wow. Okay. Well, I will mark that one down. There's a lot of things we have to. Yeah. We <laughs> mark, mark it all. Ryan, you're going to have to go mark through this. Mark it all. Signing um, in Ryan, blood. you're going to have to go through this and mark blood. all of these <laughs> clips. Okay, so he what you meant to say is what is his name? Trey, Trey Lance. Lance. Hmm. Okay, so it looks like he's gonna be going for the Walter Payton Award. Yes, he already he Trey already Lance. won it. He already won it in twenty nineteen. Oh. He also won the oh, okay. Jerry Rice oh, yeah, here Award, he is. whatever the that is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's Trey Lance for Walter Payton. He's going to yep. repeat as the Walter Payton Award and the Jerry Rice again. Mark it down. Is, he's going to do the down. Jerry Rice Award too. Man, he's going to win the Jerry Rice Simmons. And let's Ryan, just say, Duck fans, need... he makes Vernon Adams look like nothing. He makes Dakota Prue Cup look like a second grader. Okay. He makes. He <laughs> oh, makes, he, he was he makes Gabe Grubar, who you probably don't even know who that is because you're arrogant idiots, okay? He makes <laughs> him look like Andy playing green TV football, okay? There we go. Mark it down now. Oh, that was actually pretty Sign good. Oh, wow. Okay, there we go, Ryan. There's your project for the week. Also, Ryan has to go through these. You guys might not be aware, but I'm just going to give him one more. He has to go through and... Uh, Put the bleeps in for every time we say ducks or the word duck. So lots of bleeps. So he has to go and Mario edit that. The fraud. So we'll so we'll see if he bleeps out Oregon from this podcast. I'll be very impressed because it's probably been about twenty by now. Um, but just want to see how he does with that. So keep an eye. I'm short on time. I just want to let you guys all know I'm having a blast. I was telling these guys off air. Rewatching the 2018 College World Series run from Beaver Baseball. It's glorious. You can find most of their 2018 important games on YouTube in their entirety, and it's just delicious. I went back. I watched the LSU clincher in the regional. I think I watched some of the Minnesota. Now I'm having a wonderful time uh, feasting on – I went and watched uh, the Washington game. Again, in Omaha, what a joke, Lindsey Meggs. You you want to talk about frauds. Mm. Lindsey Meggs, everybody, yep. Washington baseball I'll think coach, about that fraud. if we can refer to him as a fraud. I'll think about that. Uh, we can. Con. I'll think Just about it. I need to evaluate that, uh, more. Uh, uh, Dan, he, he kept a, what, 37-win Oregon yes, State I know. out of I, the NCAA yeah, yeah. tournament? Okay. Just remember well, 37 that. 37 wins is nothing compared to the 50 that we're used to, so I don't blame him. Correct, but that should be a shoe-in <laughs> to get in. Anyways... I digress. Having a lot of fun watching that. Went and watched the North Carolina game. They had that nasty guy with the weird curly hair, and he ripped that home run down the line and got in everybody's face about it. Well, <laughs> we scored like eight runs in the final two innings. That was fun. Uh, then we have uh, the Mississippi State games that I'm going through now. And the first game of that, since they were in the winner's bracket, the announcers were just loving Mississippi State. Team of Destiny, Rally Banana. 
oh, Tanner Mangum likes Ladybugs and his family likes him. Oh, my gosh, they're just a team of destiny. They started out 0-2. They started out 0-2 in a 70-game season. How did they get here? Wow, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, well, that ended by about the fourth inning. Uh, it's currently 10-2, to 2 and Larnick just knocked in another run. So <laughs> that's fun. We'll be back tomorrow for game two of that fun episode where we uh, go ahead and punch our ticket to the finals. So Beaver fans, go back, watch some of those games on YouTube to fill the void. They're pretty fun. And since it was recent, it almost feels like it's in real time. That was so, fun. Mississippi there you go. State, it's all Mississippi State game two after that is when I uh, purchased my tickets to Omaha. Brad, how did, did you enjoy Omaha that year? Mm-hmm. That was <laughs> oh that's fun oh they also did during my first game against mississippi state they went into this whole bit previewing the florida arkansas game coming up later that night and they were just drooling over arkansas they're like wow they just hit it perfectly no one knew daddy. casey martin no one knew casey martin and heston kerstad were going to be this good and blaine knight didn't lose a game all year in the sec i mean it's just incredible he turned down a first round offer unbelievable he came back Carson Shaddy this team's just loaded oh my gosh the SEC well how did that work yep. out for you Casey Fun. Martin showed up real big Very in the finals fun. he did yeah he had a great final so we'll shout leave it at that we're way over on time behind us <laughs> yep shout out to them out there in uh good old left field but that's all we've got this week shout out a to wonderful Kevin ride Sumlin, hope you guys too. enjoyed it Yep, shout out to fake Kevin Sumlin from Arkansas. You know who you are. Anything else you guys would like to add? I hope that everyone's using the quarantine time to get their uh, bouncy bodies in shape. Get really <laughs> live. Absolutely. Live, live. live bouncy bodies. <laughs> and please, please remember to... Please remember that this week's episode was brought to you by Ascend JD. Find your peak fitness. Sign up today and get a free voucher for this summer's North Sister Climb. Thanks, everybody. Shut up, Connor. And we'll see you next week. Mario's a fraud. Mario's a fraud.